I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. I often find with changing transformation professionals that many switch between periods of time where they are operating independently to periods where they are employed. I suspect it's the nature of change that means that flexibility is a core component of a successful change in transformation career. That has certainly been the experience of Dave Reeves, who joins me on the virtual sofa today. Let me introduce you to Dave now. Okay, well, uh, hi, David. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Um, You've had an interesting career in transformation across both contracts and permanent roles. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and why you got into transformation in the first place. Hi, Tony. Um, Okay, so uh, I think I fell into transformation. I actually started out after my degree in operations, working in management, worked in the leisure sector, worked in retail. And I think where I first sort of experienced change in projects was working in the business when things were being implemented. So I was working in telecoms in the 90s and we went through a significant period of change. We had growth, we had acquisition of businesses, and being in operations management, you were then, you know, in the front line, you're working with the customers and you're seeing that. And I think what what really interested me was that as we gradually evolved, I started with a company called Cabletel that eventually became NTL, but it acquired a number of businesses. And so to everybody on the outside, you're one brand, you're one company. And yet behind that, there's lots of different operating systems, there's lots lots of different um, cultures and companies. And that really interested me because I'd moved then through a different uh, number of roles to um, have a national role in retail management and could see that there were opportunities, but could also see there were challenges. So that's where I first got my, my first interest of going in and learning um, more about projects. So I got involved. I was your, your subject matter expert. I was your end user. I was yeah. that person yeah. who was, well, you know, why are we doing all these changes? You know, I've, I've got I've got customers coming in. I've got enough on my plate. So uh, that was quite a challenge um, because uh, you, you often just had to do some of these things and some of the timescales um, were very difficult. Um, and so I think I learned to accept and understand more about that. And as I progressed through operations roles, I actually had an opportunity to go into project management. Right. And that was with Dixon Motors, a company who eventually got acquired by the Royal Bank of Scotland. And I have a lot to thank my boss at the time who um, enabled me to go down that route. And I, you know, I started off doing all the classic Let's learn Prince to yeah. uh, manage successful programs. If I'm going to be a project manager, I, I, I need the textbook. And then learning very quickly that life's not like that. And there's not many projects that follow that path. Yeah. Uh, and since then, I've worked over the last 15 years in projects and programs, predominantly for myself. But more recently, interestingly, made the move back to being an employee, which is a challenge in itself when you're working in change. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, uh, but it's it's good though, isn't it, that you've had that operational experience as well. So you've been on the receiving end of other people, uh, uh, um, 
know, trying to drive projects through and, and change through. And, um, and and I'm sure you've adapted your style accordingly to because you can remember some of the pain points that you went through when you were when you were in the business. Absolutely. You know, the customers are very unforgiving. You know, they don't understand that you had a project plan and that didn't quite come off. It's I can't access the systems. You know, I've been in situations where we haven't had systems online and we've then had to revert back to manual or things have failed. And whilst people are stressed on the project program dealing with that change, you're front and centre with the customer who's just come in and sees that, well, why things, you know, why things operating as they as they should be. So I think that's really informed how I've looked at things. Um, you know, I'm very customer focused and I'm very driven in terms of what the output is for the customer and see that without it benefiting the customer, then why why are we doing things? And yeah. and, and often that, that is the challenge when you talk to other functions um, because we might be wanting to make a change and it might streamline something for us, but what about the customer? Let's look at what that means to them. Yeah, and, and it is, it's, it's all too easy, isn't it? Just thinking about things for in, in, in a very isolated, siloed way of thinking. Um, but they're not having the um, not having the uh, the view or the, the the impact assessment almost of, of of what it will mean to other parts of the business, and uh, it's a knock on effect that I find that, that sometimes trips a lot of projects up. Definitely, and I think I think that that's ultimately the challenge, isn't it? That you don't go down a cul de sac in terms of what you're trying to do. That you've actually got the bigger picture, and I think. You know, one of the key things to me is having that view of transformation from the top of the organisation. I think you need to have that leadership. You need to have that executive sponsorship that sees it across the organisation. Yeah. Where I've seen a lot of challenges in transformation is that it's very siloed and very focused specifically within IT. You know, and I've experienced that firsthand where I've been in roles where I'm aligned to reporting with IT. And what that does is it gives it a very specific direction as though the system is the solution um i don't see that as being the way that change needs to be implemented uh, I, I i often often say it's the tail wagging the dog in that scenario isn't it, it it's the uh, the business needs to understand what the business needs and then identify the right technology to allow it to achieve that but all too often it's the other way around isn't it this is the this is the new shiny object how can we force that into the business Absolutely. And I've seen many, many times where we've had conversations um, where we want to buy this um, software, we want to go down this solution, we've got a good price. And I'm looking and saying, okay, so where are we trying to get to? Where are we today? Where are we trying to get to? What's the, what's the problem? And I, and I think that's where I always bring it back to. What is the issue that we're trying to address? Um, you know, many examples that we've worked through where that then informs things differently because you you also need to realise that you've got to take everybody on the journey. I know it sounds cliche, but unless everybody is on yeah. board and contributes to, uh, you don't get to the heart of what the problem is. And I think um, that's what I've sought to do and tease out. And it's, it's often that frustration, I think, probably uh, in the wider organisation that things initially, when you get into transformation, take a time because nothing's happening. And I'm a great believer that you need to spend that time up front to understand what the problem is and what your requirements are. So coming out of that, we can actually, we've got something to build upon and work through. 
what I what I've done and um, done many times. I think um, if I use an example of Avant, Avant Homes, a leading house builder in the north um, of England and in Scotland, we work through that challenge by breaking uh, projects down into smaller chunks, almost like what you would maybe see in other businesses as programs. We identify those to do them in three to six month delivery. So the scope of the projects and the change was smaller, but it meant that you were able to apply the same rigor and that enabled us to get through and implement changes and also learn because the culture of the organization wasn't used to transformation and doing projects in that way. It's come from a very traditional IT way of working. And so I think it enabled them to learn and see those changes rather than, oh, in two years, you'll have this great outpour and everything will be fine. You'll have the new system working as you want. And it, it, it evolved and it also changed our approach and it enabled us to learn and engage with um, stakeholders across the business. And what I enjoyed most about that was the engagement with the team. And because it was a, um, a regionally operated business, we engaged team members from across the regions and it was all about how do we get to define where we're going to. This isn't me defining it, I'm the facilitator. It was great to get the involvement from the team. You know, it's challenging because you're getting lots of different viewpoints, but you're trying to bring that consensus together as to how we go forward. And by having the operational involvement, where you get the value is you then get the operational test, which is what we always did. So we would always do a pilot with the region before we rolled out because best will in the world, however you um, design and work to implement a change, until you get to that operational environment, you don't know, you know, yeah. there's always something that comes up and it's amazing how many times just the smallest thing or we've taken too many steps there or the output isn't right for the customer or actually we've forgotten something. And it's amazing no matter how many times you work through all of those challenges until you do that operational test with the customer and go through a number of times to actually get where it needs to land and inform it all the way through. And, and I feel like that's that's very important. And it's very important from the team that's involved because they can then see that we listen to the value of their import and that they get something that works for them and the customer at the end of the day. I agree. I think um, something you mentioned right at the start really around um, the sort of um, the prince and the managing successful projects and and the feeling that uh, you know it, it's a structure that you've got to follow, um, but actually it's what you've just been speaking about that 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 determines successful programs and projects much more than having a structure um, that you follow to the letter of the law. Because I, I, like you, I've never been involved in a program that's followed Prince two to the letter. Elements absolutely. But if you don't, if you if you don't engage with the people, and you and you don't have that sort of agile approach that says, let's test something out, let's make sure it's right, and then let's adapt it. Um, and all too often, I find is that um, those organisations that are very focused upon a um, a format, a prince, or managing successful, or, 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 or all of the various other ones, they spend so much time building out that project plan um, and never engage with the business at all. So they've, they've got a perfect project plan, but it's 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 just a recipe for disaster because they haven't brought the people in and got the people involved in delivering and, and developing that plan, and, 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 and it'll be those that are ultimately responsible for delivering it. 
it becomes then too bureaucratic, doesn't it? You know, you've got the whole administration and reporting that goes on around all of that, when actually, what are we doing? And I've certainly seen that. And I think where, what I enjoyed most of working for myself with my own consultancy for 12 years, Deliverable, was that it challenged me to be able to go into an organisation, understand where they are at, you know, and that's in terms of where they're at opposed, um, with the proposed change, but also where they're at with their skills, their knowledge, methodology, approach, all of that. And it was about how do you tailor? And so I think that's the key learning for me over that period was the ability to very quickly understand the organisation so that you can define where you can add value. And that was what I always sought to do. You know, I've worked a number of clients in financial services. I've worked in chemicals, manufacturing, central government, house building. They're very varied. You know, that's just to name but a few. And everyone's got the same challenges, but you need to understand where the organisation is as you go into it to understand then how do we how do we go forward and what do we do? Yeah, it's interesting. I have conversations with lots of people um, like yourself that have, have deliberately worked across sectors uh, and, and the explanation around that, and I've done it myself, the explanation we, we often find is that, well, that's the variation. Uh, because what we do tends to, as you say, similar issues, break an organisation down in whatever sector they're in, they, they all operate in roughly the same way. They've all got the same functions. Um, so the variation comes from moving sectors and picking up different languages. But, you know, as, as you quite rightly say, no project is ever the same because there's di- different people involved, different approaches, and, and going in and doing exactly what you've just said around really understanding where their challenges are, where their opportunities are, that creates the variation as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and that's what I really enjoyed because it, it, it's a challenge to me, you know, and that's for me how I developed my skills and saw where I could add value but also um, it's enabled me to then look at how I move forward and that was why it was interesting to be able to go into uh, a permanent role you know and the reason for moving on board with Avant um, to to do that was because I could actually establish business transformation as a function yeah it's an interesting one because any change as soon as you embark on it the outcome's always going to be different to where you started and uh, and i think that's what we saw with Avant. you know over over three years we did a number of projects to move the business forward and you then get to a different endpoint because you've embarked on that change you've you've changed the way that the organization operates and i think what i enjoyed about my time with Avant was the ability to look at how we can um, break down change into all the component parts so for me transformation is it has to be led from the top down it has to be um, you know driving um, and supporting business strategy so if that's of growth uh, what are we doing to streamline to be uh, more efficient but also it's got to be bottom up as well so there's got to be the ability for everybody in the organization to engage with that and that's what we supposed to do we did many things from a uh, standard way of working to intranet to um, cross function forums to be able to get that engagement so that you can have both of those because I'm a great believer that if you've got somebody in the organization who sees a small change that can you know it might only give us that much but it's it's an improvement um, as to how we operate they're then engaged with change and they see the value 
and if they've been listened to and can contribute to that. And so we sought to recognize that. We had um, a program called Think Ideas where anybody could email to the CEO. And it was about working through all of those small changes. These, these weren't going to save us money. They might drive improvement. They might increase customer satisfaction. Um, but it created that culture. And I think cultural change is so important in any uh, transformation for organization. It often gets overlooked. And I think that gave us the opportunity to, to go right across the spectrum because, yes, it's great to have the complex big programs, but it's also engaging and touching everybody in the organization. Absolutely. And, and, and I noticed that you've, you've worked on programs that have been UK-centric, you've worked on programs that have been European-centric and global programs. What, what lessons have you learned that, that across those sort of three areas, and specifically, I suppose, around culture? Yeah, it's quite a challenge. <laughs> um, I think when I, um, one program that really stands out was working uh, with Formica, and the program was based in the UK, but the implementation was in North America. And so I would spend uh, probably every six weeks, I'd be going out to Cincinnati in Ohio to work with the team there. And one of the earliest things that I did was to actually go out and work with the team to whiteboard. How do we actually build this program? So, I mean, it literally was starting from that blank whiteboard as to how do we put all the component parts together. And what I found was that even though we spoke the same language, on the Monday we weren't on the same page. <laughs> and it would often take till the Friday to be there. And I think just because you're coming from things that different perspective, um, and it was you know, a great learning curve for me to, to, to take that on board. And also, you know, it's all about communication, isn't it? And engaging so that you can collaborate. And it, it takes time. And I think it's understanding those cultural differences and being able to um, recognize and take those forward you know certainly seen it on european programs global programs even more of a challenge especially if dealing with australia and new zealand because of the time difference um but it's about having a clear path and seeking wherever possible to to engage you know email it's interesting with everything we've gone through with lockdown we're doing probably more face-to-face communication um than we were previously uh, which I find very interesting because before you would very much rely on maybe email uh, and communication that way. So I think by having access to tools like um, like we are doing today, I think that really helps because you're able to then see and engage with the person uh, and work through. But look, don't get me wrong, we've we've had challenges, had challenges, things haven't haven't gone well, um, and often it comes down to that communication. Certainly with Formica, you know, just underestimating. And seeing that um, people want to do a good job, but I think we've also found that people will underestimate how long things will take. Yes. If you're going through that design stage um, and then you find you're not got the resource or you're into conflicting priorities. So I think it's about being transparent, you know, and I've always sought to do that. You know, if there's any bad news, let's understand it as soon as we can. And, and, um, let's be let's be realistic in how we plan and put things put things forward. I've never worked in on any program where um, everybody's happy with the end date because you know everyone wants to do things sooner. Um, I think that's just uh, natural that people will try and deliver things as quickly as possible. But I try and be pragmatic as to 
getting everybody along the journey, you know, and I think what I've learned at the sum of all of these programs is that you can only go as go as fast as the slowest person. And I think you've got to make sure you do everything you can to engage that person. And yeah. yeah, I agree. I think um, there's, a, there's a fine balance, isn't there, between being too cautious and, and, and slowing the process, um, but trying to do it too quickly and not taking the people with you. Um, and, um, and, and, and a, a pragmatic approach is, is, tends to be the, 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 the one that delivers most success. And, uh, but that can be challenging, especially if you've got a, a senior sponsor that is committed to the board, especially when that is, when there's significant um, external investment uh, uh, on that, around that board table as well. I've, I've done a lot of work with private uh, private equity backed businesses, and you know the board have committed to doing something to that private equity investor, um, and things go wrong. Then, and that's 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 a, an interesting conversation to be having. Um, but it is. You, 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 I found that the, the way to go through that is very much focus upon. It's all about landing that change and yeah. not not just getting the technology in or not just doing whatever it is. It's about getting the people on board that will drive because it's the people that will drive the value, not the technology or the new widget. Absolutely, uh, and wh- where I've sought to then spend a large part of my time is understanding the makeup of the team you know the capability because i think it's one thing to commit to something um but then if you've not got the skills um how how do we get there how do you develop that um capability so that's something that's really interested me over recent years um i've worked with a mix of obviously when i work for myself externally uh, contract resource but also i've managed teams as part of that and also as an employee and so i've had that balance of external and internal and i think it's about trying to strike you know the right blend of um, skills and knowledge to be able to get you there and also see that that change goes beyond that implementation date you know we've not done you know everybody can go away and celebrate and you know great job actually more of the work for me then is about the embedding and how we ensure that that sticks it does um, does what we were expecting no, and, uh, and, get that, and get that feedback. So, you know, I've certainly had those challenges. Um, and um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's always, it's always entertaining because there's always something new coming up. Um, so that, that's why I've, I've remained uh, working in this area because yeah. I find it's fascinating. Now, it's, it's interesting that, that, as you say, that post-implementation support um, my daughter uh, passed a driving test last week, and uh, it's the same analogy, isn't it? It's like, well, now you <laughs> now you'll learn to drive, but it's the yes. same, isn't it? We've gone live, but now we'll actually the change will now start. And yes, we've gone through that, and it, yeah, it takes a while. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a few few months to go on that one, I think, Tony. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure. So every time she goes out now, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what, what do you think is the main sort of characteristics of successful transformation then? I think it's just having a clear intent. You know, um, I think one of the, um, one of those that really sticks in my mind um, at Avant was that we were defining, um, I got given this task of standard operating procedures. Uh, we had different regions and we were looking to make sure it was standard you know 
anybody being given a standard operating procedures project that is not the most exciting yes. so we certainly um we certainly had our work cut out there but we also had four months to do it you know so you talked earlier about having a specific deadline and you know the vision was clear we wanted to drive efficiency but we also wanted to improve the experience of the customers and we were we understood that we had different ways of working in our five operating regions and so it was bringing it all together so the chief operating officer wanted a clear view and he wanted to launch it at our annual conference in four months time so i think what that is a great example of it gave clarity you know and it was about engagement from um, fellow directors on the board and then through the organization we worked through so that um, we had a clear roadmap you know and it's one of those where i have an immovable date at the end and i work back from that and bringing all those things to bear, the skills, the involvement of the team, um, bringing in external knowledge to, to try and pull all that together to do that, you know, which, which we did. I mean, it's one of the most challenging pieces of work because there was no template as to what that's going to look like. I've just got four months to be able to mobilize, engage with all the teams and get there. Um, and so I think having that clear vision and having a clear, you know, end goal and in this, in this case, an end date, it enabled us to then build that out. But I think it, you know, it, it still does evolve as you go through. And I think the key is having that communication. So I would regularly um, not only report back to the COO, but also the board on progress and engage because it did evolve. You know, we've talked about that earlier. It, it isn't fixed and clear. And you know, I, I open the book and I follow these stages. So I think. It is agile and it will evolve as you go. So I think by having that as you go through, and I've certainly seen that on a number of other programs, by having that clear intent at the start and validating and checking back against that as you go through. You know, things, you know, there's certain changes as we went along, um, but ultimately we got there uh, and we rolled it out. You know, and that, that, was, a, that was a key change. Um, we, one of the key things, we involved marketing, so we put some branding around it. So actually what we came up with, was the about way of working so it was the about way and to then put the branding internally on the internet and posters and other documentation it had an identity and it enabled um, everybody in the organization to see that that was going to become part of our dna as to how we operated and we evolved and we iterated that um, as we went forward over the, the following year as well so i think it's just been clear um, but also, you've got to make sure that you check back against that as you've got to dealing with the change. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you say that, though. Um, I think absolutely the marketing piece and, the, and, and making it real and, make, and, and giving it some sort of, of uh, a branding um, is, is, a, is a really uh, successful way of, 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 of delivering that, that type of change. And I just, I just like to organizations to come up with something else other than the way. So I've been <laughs> in so yeah. many organizations, it's the event way, it's the XYZ way, it's whatever it is. And, 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 but but it, it works, absolutely. But it'd be really good if someone could come up with something else other than the way. <laughs> I think I think what we what we also did as we went through that journey. I mean, it was interesting to to identify that because I think where we'd got um, previously was things were paper copies and files on cabinets. Yeah. You know, they weren't being lived. They weren't part of how we operate. So that was a, a step one. And um, what I've always sought to do is then look at 
well, how can I push the boundaries? How can we evolve? Where can we go next? And what we did the following year was we actually moved um, to embrace all functions. So we focused very much on the core business operating functions, front line with customer in phase one. Phase two is all the support functions. So everything from health and safety, HR, business transformation as well. And we put that in on a digital platform. So we created a digital knowledge platform that meant that it was a bit like having your own search facility. Think of other search facilities that there are within the company. You can search on processes, you can search on the glossary, and you can very quickly find the information that you need. It's handheld devices, you know, it's available, it's very accessible. And so I think for me, what I learned as we went through that was don't just stand there that you've achieved that change. You've got to look at how you evolve and operate. You know, our workforce and um, the age of the workforce that we had used to having things on, on tablets, mobile devices. Yeah. As a business, we didn't operate in that way. That enabled us to go to that. Um, and so you engage with people who I, I don't use paper. or um, I just want to see it on my phone. Um, so that addressed some of the um, culture changes you know the organization was changing by going through those um those steps so yeah we'll have to think about the name for the, the future <laughs> the programs that we work on but what was really interesting on that was the mechanisms and how we actually managed to use the tools yeah as you say i think it's important especially um we're in an interesting period i think because you within the workforce you've still got um, people of a certain age, and, and I'll include myself in that, that actually when we were at school, te technology was only just coming into play. So we're, we're, we're sort of a sort of transition. And then, but uh, there's, there's older people that haven't been brought up in that, in that world. And, like, and then you say you've got your sort of generation X and generation Ys that actually, if, you if, if it's not on a phone or it's not on a tablet, it just doesn't exist. Well, and that was, that was really interesting because of that. As you say, you, it's, on the one hand, you've got people who are very you know, open and willing and wanting that technology. But equally, I've got site managers who don't use the phone. You know? And so I would go to training sessions and you've got people using tablets and they've, they've not, they're not used to using the technology. I'm fine. I've got my piece of paper. I know where I'm at. I've got my checklist. And it was just joining it up so that they could see but also taking the time you know i mean um working in the house building industry very manual um you know processes very manually driven everything around construction you know is largely manual so that's quite a change and i think what we what we recognized was the need to to actually just go and embed and go back and so we did a number of changes to embed and build upon you know so when we introduced checklists when we'd implement another one down the line, it, it's an opportunity to refresh and engage with the team again. Um, that's the direction things are going in. So, um, but it also gave us benchmarks. It gave us measures that we didn't have in the business previously, and it enabled us to look at how we were doing scoring through all the different stages with um, customers and to get that feedback. And I think anything like that is priceless because it enables you to then say, well, you were thinking of going that way, but actually what you've learned from that is we, we need, we've got other priorities or other things we need to address. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, that then starts to formulate the subsequent programs of change, doesn't it? As you've got much more data, for you, you, you can make more rational decisions rather than decisions of the heart, which has tended to be in the past. Definitely.
and I, you know, for me, any transformation data is at the heart of that, and it's trying to get to that point. Um, yes, we need the technology. Yes, process people. But for me, what brings all of that together is the data, because we need to understand what's happening. Um, we need to understand um, whether we are actually achieving on the quality or um, we are getting the levels of engagement. So there's, there's so much that we can learn from that, and I think that underpins any, any transformation an organisation seeking to do. Right. Well, that's the, I think that's a, a perfect place to, uh, to, to, to conclude. Um, thank you very much, David. Um, we occasionally get questions. Are you quite happy if I collate them to sort of follow up with people? Absolutely. Super. Well, once again, thank you very much. And um, uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Thanks, Tony. Once again, cheers, Dave. A great show. In addition to getting involved in this podcast, Dave has recently joined the Transformation Leaders Hub, our community focused completely on changing transformation professionals. We have a big vision for the hub, building a global network, actively introducing members to each other and generating in excess of £100 million worth of fees and salaries for our members over the next five years. Take a look at what's on offer today. Click on the link within the show notes and I'll see you in the clubhouse. Bye for now.